0: What's up NBA fans? Guess what today was? It's the trade deadline. Of course, Sean and I, we were close by watching every trade, every woge, every notification from NBA reporters to get the live updates on trades. But it's all rounded out earlier today. And this is our trade deadline madness episode where we're breaking down the biggest winners, biggest losers. And, you know, some of the moves that were kind of a little inconsequential, you know, eh, life goes on, but they were made nonetheless. And we'll chat about those a bit. Of course, we also have our biggest, uh, biggest disappointments and, uh, and best performances of the week. Uh, all that here on this NBA Second Stringers NBA podcast. But let's start this all off here. Sean, no trivia question this week, but give me your reaction to this day. I know you're just like me. Either, you know, close to your phone or you had uh, on the TV, the computer screen with Twitter or something on to keep up with everything going down.
1: Yeah, you know me too well, Alan. You know me too well. Yeah, I, and then we got a lot to talk about today. I'm excited to talk about it all. But yeah, I just, I had my Twitter notifications on on my phone all day. Just, man, from just nine, basically eight o'clock this morning to, to noon, I was just so anxious just to see all these crazy moves come in. And I, I would say this trade line deadline didn't disappoint uh there's obviously a few guys that weren't moved that we would have liked to see swap hands a little bit but at the end of the day i'm i'm pretty excited to see what some of these teams look like with the new pieces
0: yeah and as most years i feel like we come in with high anticipation and and we feel like moves should be made and notably they don't actually happen until just hours before if not down to the very last minutes of the actual deadline. You know, you got to love the suspense that the NBA likes to put put us through. But <laughs> I let's start it. things off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, we got to kick it off here. The biggest winners right from the start. I mean, one name stands out to me. I'm not sure there's much argument here. But if you have one shot, feel and free no. to make it.
1: Oh, no, no, it's no. It's the
0: Miami Heat. Pat Riley Jeez. figured it out. I mean, it's so funny because I feel like two years ago or even just last year, it was like the Miami heat look Miami heat pick that was being bounced around teams looked like it was a, a pretty notable trade asset, but you know, throw that out the window. Like even <laughs> this year, like they started off kind of rough um, and they've been on a groove now. And now they've just added more fuel to more fuel to what their, what their tank needed a little bit here, Miami completely remaking their team and adding more bodies, talented bodies to their already talented lineup of bam. And, um, and Jimmy Butler. I mean, we gotta start off right here, just completely going away. Highway robbery on the Houston Rockets, taking Otalipo away for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and just a couple picks. Um, Victor Alepo getting what he wanted. He wanted to be in a contender, and he's going to that with Miami, and Miami getting just another formidable guard to put out there in the wing. I mean, whether or not this is Victor of the past, it doesn't even matter. It this mm-hmm. is a talented guy to have and when you got Goran Dragic coming in and out of the lineup, he was huge for them last year, but he's just not that reliable at times now with his, you know, his injury history. But you get Victor as your insurance plan here a little bit. It's crazy. This is this is insane.
1: Right, and you give up basically nothing for this, right? right. Like, I mean, Avery Bradley, I don't even remember if he played a single game for this team. Maybe in the mm-hmm. very beginning of the season, Kelly Olynyk has actually put in some pretty good minutes for this team. He started for them for, for quite a bit of time and was putting up some good stats, so maybe that's a little bit of a blow. but And then there's the pick swap, obviously, which is nothing. So to get Victor Oladipo, who could be very well like an all-star player in his the highest potential that he has. Man, this, this is a great move for Miami. Because, I mean, Kendrick Nunn was really the starting guard alongside Duncan Robinson. Just wildly inconsistent, not really... A team you could look at and be like this this is a championship team I mean they, obviously they made the great run last year but mm-hmm. it didn't look like a championship team especially when you have to go up against the nets you just need that star power and otolipo Od- gives you that star power much more than, than anyone else that was really out there outside of maybe nikola vucevic like this i think this is the second best player that was traded and you got him for basically nothing like the rockets got nothing for this guy and that's the craziest yeah. part
0: yeah, and it seemed like the Rockets were holding on to him to either make an attempt to re sign him or at least try to get something, get some other, you know, get other dollars on this, on this trade outside of just what they got from the James Harden trade. And it just did not work out that way for them. And Oliva was just never really happy in Houston, it seemed. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned the names Kendrick Nunn. Uh, obviously, I talked about Goran Dragic. Those two guys, now you don't have to really bank on those dudes at all. Now you get Otalipo here to run the offense. I imagine they're going to do some tandem where Jimmy Butler runs it. For, Jimmy Butler's the first option for the most part. And then when he goes to the bench, you bring in Odelipo and he can help make some plays. Uh yeah. So this is crazy. But I think it's really the next following move that's probably going to result from this is Bringing in Lamarcus Aldridge mm-hmm. as well. I think they're, they're the clear favorite now to bring him in. And I think there's been some expression of him wanting to go to Miami. So a team that's now lost five in a row, hanging on to that seven seed. Oh, this team is just going to look a whole lot different. And this is going to be a crazy, it's going to be a, a very dangerous lower seed, uh, to play in the first round in the Eastern Conference. This is all assuming that's where they stay. I mean, we still got what four, four weeks left in the season. So yeah, like, possibly they yeah, can go on a big even. run. Yeah, so possibly they go on a big run to make the sixth seed, but it's it's going to be wild.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Heat, especially in their current form, should not be a team that's in their seventh seed in the Eastern right. Conference. And uh, Jimmy Butler's been in and out of the lineup. Bam's been in and out of the lineup. Like, they've they just had all of these injuries and stuff that have kept them down where they really shouldn't be. Like, this is an elite team. Let's not, mm-hmm. let's not <laughs> confuse that. But, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge... I'm not convinced. I don't know. Like, if he was any good, like, would the Spurs just buy him out? You know, i I'm yeah. just I, I wonder what production he can actually give you because he's obviously very old now, and he's kind of slow, and I, I just don't really see him contributing that much outside of like a backup role to Bam Adebayo.
0: Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is, he's better than Kelly Olynyk. You know, he's better than Kelly um, Olynyk
1: had some good games though. I don't know.
0: I don't know, man. I <laughs> I'm taking Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, at all least right, at right. least a potential upside from him. I mean, at this point, you only need a guy like this to help you jump in there, help you get a win, get get a couple wins in the playoffs. I mean, not be the the game changer, but. I mean, I'm like in Lamarcus Aldridge. Give me another seven-footer that can shoot and rebound the ball. Yeah, maybe he's lost a touch, but you got Bam at a bio there as as well to kind of help anchor that defense uh, for down in the front in the front court.
1: Yeah, and I think another important one for Miami, um, they did get uh, Nemanja Pajelica. I think that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. that. Maybe close. Um, they got him from <laughs> close the Kings <laughs> for for basically players that like I didn't even know were on their roster. Mm -hmm. Chris Silva and Mo Harkless I I forgot Mo Harkless was on this team um like that's another good role player like another stretch four you can throw out there and they kept Harrow they kept Robinson I think those were the two pieces where like if Miami's gonna make a move they're gonna have to include Harrow or they're gonna have to include Robinson in the deal and they're somehow able to keep both those guys while improving their team so that's huge win right there
0: yeah and I think I gotta think that had a play to do with why kyle lowry didn't get moved is i think mm-hmm. they probably wanted harrow or one of these other young guards and you know once they heard they can get this auto deal without including any of those young guys <laughs> or really any of their core uh rotation guys mm-hmm. th- yeah let's do that give me the auto Adel- give me auto as opposed right. to you know to go in for the home run uh with kyle lowry so i i like what miami did here and i think it, it- their team gets this much better with these new guys
1: yeah, no, I think it's really good for Miami because you saw the Nets improve by getting Blake Griffin. You saw the Bucks improve by getting PJ Tucker. You had to make a move because these teams were gearing up and they're they were way stronger than Miami. So yeah, this this is a good move for them. I, I think that they can actually compete as as long. I think I do think Victor Oladipo needs to improve on his game a little bit because he's been wildly Mm -hmm. inefficient with the Rockets and and maybe part of that's just the system. I think Miami is a good place for him to really find his groove again.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's, let's see what they do. I mean, definitely the balls in his court, right? He's going to be unrestricted free agent this coming year. So I think he's looking for a payday. So I think he's got enough incentive to try to clean up his game a bit. So Mm -hmm. we'll we'll see, we'll see what that goes. But the other winner here is on the Western conference front. Of course, the Denver Nuggets, uh, getting Aaron Gordon for RJ Hampton, Gary Harris in a first round pick. Uh, I mean, Aaron Gordon's a clear upgrade. I think to, in my eyes for Paul Millsap or any other guy, Jamichael Green guys that are rotating in for that four spot, trying to find a replacement. I mean, never really truly a replacement for Jeremy Grant, but at least a quality talented piece here And in, in Aaron Gordon, a guy who has kind of struggled in his career a bit. I mean, he's been a solid player, but obviously the expectations have always been a bit higher for him, especially coming in so young and the athleticism he's carried. So I think coming out of that situation in Orlando puts him in a place like the Nuggets, hopefully can get his career going on a different path or a different trajectory and get some get some more improvement out of him. But for the Denver Nuggets to just let go, only have to let go of RJ Hampton, Gary Harris, definitely a core piece of the young Nuggets. But the last two years... I mean, Gary Harris has just not really been there and all yeah. to blame is on the injuries, unfortunately. So I know Jamal Murray tweeted something along the line showing his, you know, disappointment. I'm sure they're good friends, but yeah, y- you know, if you can get an upgrade at that four spot in Aaron Gordon, a stretch shooter and a dude who has athleticism and can is extremely flexible on defense, like I think you gotta go with it.
1: Oh yeah. I mean this this is an obvious upgrade for the Nuggets and It's it's something you have to do. At the trade deadline, you have to make a move, or else everyone else is going to, and you're actually Mm going to find yourself behind. Getting a guy like Aaron Gordon, it might be redundant a bit, because I feel like Michael Porter Jr. does do a lot of what Aaron Gordon does. Aaron Gordon's a little better playmaker, but they're both kind of similar size, uh, can do pretty similar things. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if they play them together very often, or how that really works. I I think it can work. I mean... They have the length, they have the size, and, and to to guard multiple positions and and do a lot of switching. Now that you have Aaron Gordon, and I guess now that Gary Harris is out of the picture, I mean he was injured most of the season anyway. Maybe you just move guys like maybe Monty Morris or or Faku Compazzo up to that second guard spot along with Murray. I'm I'm not really sure where that one goes, but I, I'm sure they'll they'll play with a few different roster choices. But I mean for the Nuggets to get Aaron Gordon like I don't think anyone was really expecting that Uh, that, that's Mm -hmm. a pretty big deal I I know Boston was was pretty big in the running for for Aaron Gordon and for the Nuggets to kind of swoop in there for for really an unproven guy and a guy that's injured and a first-round pick that's probably not going to convey into anything that meaningful uh, that's a steal in my book
0: yeah it's it's a little surprising yeah when you think about it from the Magic's point of view why make this deal? I'm maybe the the Celtics never truly offered something enticing for Aaron Gordon. The, although it seems like to me, Aaron Gordon seemed like the better, better fit to to fit in with the weaknesses that Boston had. Um, yeah. But you know, the, I'm sure it's a plus for the nuggets as well. But yeah, I mean, to your point, like Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon are clear, uh redundant season in a way. Uh, the way I see it is, I mean, Aaron Gordon just gives you that again, kind of similar to Otelipo for Miami. It's, uh, when the starters are out, and to start the second quarter or to end the first quarter, which essentially was the role Aaron Gordon was already playing, is have, just to have another extra score and playmaker out on the floor while a guy like Jamal Murray or Jokic are are sitting on the bench.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And I, I don't know. It's, it's funny because the Celtics' rumors were that they were going to offer two first-round picks for Aaron Gordon. And maybe that wasn't true, mm-hmm. but if they were... Man, the Magic got to be kicking themselves because that, that is a way better deal than this one. And maybe R.J. Hampton becomes something. I, I mean, he has He's very unproven. He barely got any playing time with Denver. And I know he has the talent. I don't know a lot about his background. I don't, do you know much about R.J. Hampton either? I uh, do not know much no. about R.J. Hampton. I, I, the name is very familiar to me. I feel like he was like a top five projected pick at some point in in the draft. And he, I think maybe he played overseas, which ruined his stock, which I don't know why that happens. But... He's probably going to get some playing time in Orlando, so maybe we can see what this guy's made of. They can pull a maybe some sort of Markel Fultz magic like they did there, and maybe turn him into a pretty usable player. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's like <laughs> once you trade away Vucevic, you kind of just blowing up the whole thing. You'll take you'll take whatever you can get for these guys.
0: So you are right. He was a late first round pick, and he is. Uh, you know, he played American high school basketball and went on to mm. play uh, in New Zealand, the New Zealand uh, Pro yeah. League. Oh, I instead wonder if of was the uh, Balls team. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He went to go play for the New Zealand Breakers uh, before, you know, before being drafted. So he did kind of have like a very non-traditional path. Um, but I mean, that's all even more to say. It's like there's a lot of unknowns with who he really is. He didn't really play much. He averaged nine minutes for the Denver Nuggets. Right. Um, but truly only played 25, like a couple games. So there's a lot of unknowns here. Nothing really yeah. stands out here when you look at his basic stat line. Uh, I, I don't I don't know much yeah, about him not, other than yeah, that.
1: Yeah, it's way too small of a sample size to really make any yeah judgments on it. So I guess technically you could just count it as a late first round pick, essentially, and see, see what he can do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, uh, and yeah, something else I'm worth, I guess, mentioning for the Nuggets is they <laughs> yeah, get JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. <laughs> JaVale like like McGee is back. <laughs> it's just like, whatever. I mean, yeah. backup center. He had another seven footer. Sure.
1: They I don't know. They like two second rounders for him.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised that like he wasn't just a buyout guy or, or like why there was a lot of interest in JaVale, but. Obviously, the, the, the Nuggets must, must have been in some bidding war with another team for him to give up the two second rounders and, <laughs> right? and an yeah, actual that's player.
1: Like, man, JaVale, <laughs> he's holding his value.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he comes he goes back to Denver uh, for a chance for an NBA title. I mean, it's been well over 10 years. The last time he had a shot at an NBA title with the Denver Nuggets back in the Carmelo Anthony days and Kenyon Martin days. Was he days. on that team? I think he was on that team. Huh. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty wow,
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah, Marcus Camby and all those guys. I'm wow. pretty sure he was on that team. That'd be a good uh, memory
1: if you remembered that. So, I guess I guess the question is, did you think the Nuggets could contend for a title before these trades? And do you think these trades make them a contender now? Like is Aaron Gordon enough for this team to get over that hump?
0: Uh, I mean, it's definitely not enough for me to say confidently that they can beat uh, the Lakers at full strength. Um, I, I I don't I don't know about that. I think part of the problem is just the way Jamal Murray has just been looking so inconsistent. Uh, I think if you can get Jamal Murray back yeah, to Bob the level Murray. he was, yeah. get bubble <laughs> Jamal Murray back, then I think this team is really dangerous. But I mean, looking across the rest of the Western Conference, it's sort of unknown. Like, I mean, I feel like they they can take they can beat Utah. I feel like they can beat the Clippers yeah think uh be phoenix i think they can be phoenix I th- yeah. i'm not sure they can this is enough to to help them get over a full strength laker squad but yeah. i mean There's they send
1: their body to throw at lebron i guess you know
0: <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i think they sense blood though for them to have make to have made this move so i give them props for that with the injury to lebron mm-hmm. and the injury to davis right now
1: yeah yeah totally and man, this this next move for for uh, the Portland Trailblazers, man, this is just the definition of of Portland Trailblazers management—just small incremental moves, right? We talked mm-hmm. about this in the off season, and here we are, the trade deadline, getting Norman Powell from the Raptors for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood.
0: I don't understand how Rodney Hood still has trade value.
1: I'm well, so he doesn't. I- <laughs> <laughs> they just need well, like- salaries to match. Is that what it is? Cause, like, That's all I can think of. It's, I don't even know. Was he playing this year for the Blazers at all? I didn't know not, he was out of the rotation.
0: Yeah, he was just in and out, it seemed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Bronny Hood gets traded again. <laughs> uh, but a huge upgrade. I mean, huge for oh, Norman yeah. Powell, like the Blazers to get this guy. I mean, there's obviously risk because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this coming year. But the dude's been having a career year in Toronto. I mean, we've included him best performances, I think, last week. Yeah. So the Blazers just get better. They get CJ McCollin. He's still trying to get his legs under him. And they get Nurkic back later this week. So with Norman Powell right there at the three spot, I mean, I'm sorry, Carmelo. I'm sure it was great for you to live, (laughs) you know, your life seeing yourself on highlights, but it's Norman Powell time.
1: And I think Melo's been playing well. It's it's a little sad, you know. Mm -hmm. As much trash as I talk on Carmelo, he's been a pretty decent player over the last few weeks. So, yeah, I, I, that's that's too bad. <laughs> but, I mean, this is just... I feel like Norman Powell, in a lot of ways, is just a better Gary Trent. I mean, yeah. both guys, they just score buckets, and they don't really do much else. And I feel like Norman Powell's a better defender than Gary Trent. He's a little bigger than Gary Trent. So, all you did was just get a better Gary Trent. And that's awesome for the Blazers. It's just, they've been holding on all year with all the injuries they've had, and now they're, they're almost at full strength again this is going to be a fun team to watch in the second half of the season here.
0: Yeah. And funny enough, Denver and Portland are tied right now in the standing. So yeah, this is a true test they're, to see which, up. which, <laughs> which move is actually makes one of the other teams better. But But yeah, I mean, I think one of the big stories too with uh, Norman Powell is the dude shooting forty four percent from three, uh, you know, off six almost seven attempts a game. (laughs) So like, you add another true shooter around Dame, which is something this team has kind of has kind of lacked to find a true catch and shoot guy they can rely on, and Norman Powell is that guy, and that'll be huge come playoff time. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see how the, the standings move right now. The Lakers are in danger and these two two teams have just gotten significantly better, I would say.
1: Yeah, and for the Raptors, I feel like with not including a pick in this at all, like Norman yeah. Powell, his value it was sky high at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. It's like this guy was shooting the lights out, like you said, playing amazing basketball. It's like, how do you not get a pick out of any team? Like a, a good at least a first round pick. The best you get is Gary Trent. And it's like maybe they think Gary Trent can become another Norman Powell for cheaper. Maybe, maybe that's the angle that they're playing with it there. But you already had Norman Powell. Like, So do you mm-hmm. think Gary Trent can be better than that? I, I don't know. I just don't really see the value.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll talk about that more with the Raptors, but every trade they made just seemed extremely bizarre (laughs) because it's like you embrace the tank. Yeah, I understand that, but you still set yourself up for future assets for future potential gains. They didn't do that. They just embraced the tank. Yeah. (laughs) It it feels like,
1: like. yeah, it felt like Lowry, they expected Lowry to move, but Mm -hmm. then he didn't. And so now you're stuck in the halfway point where you just, everything went horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now you're just, you're, you still have Lowry, you have a lesser team, but you also don't have anything to be optimistic about. You don't have, well, you know, you. Oh, at least we still got all these picks to hopefully make our team, yeah, especially sorta, yeah. more bizarre for a franchise like the Raptors that historically cannot attract free agents. Like mm-hmm. it, it just seems oh, yeah. bizarre. H-
1: having to trade the house for one year rental, Kawhi Leonard. Like, right. Like exactly. Toronto. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It seems bizarre. Um, you know, but before we dive super deep into the Raptors, a couple of shout outs. The Bulls, you know, they get a legitimate all star. Uh, that's piece uh, of the
1: trade deadline.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They get the best player. Uh, Bucevic, he was having another career year, even though you can't really tell because he's in, or- in Orlando, <laughs> but another seven, seven footer who can shoot from three, a great defender, uh, and fits perfectly with Levine's game. I mean, this was what what I think the Bulls should have done this year, and I'm glad they did it, is they had a lot of nice pieces, but none of them really meshed well together. Uh, and one of them needed to go, and it looks like Wendell Carter Jr. is the guy who gets the call. Uh, I think he's he's on his way to still having a decent a pretty good career, I think. Um, and maybe the magic will be the place to be. Uh, but you know, for the Bulls, they finally, I think, are closer to relevancy and they get they get a Again, an all star to pair up with their up and coming all star in Zach Levine.
1: Yeah, I mean Zach Levine hasn't had any support the entire time he's been in Chicago, and he's just been balling. And kind of similar to Devin Booker in Phoenix, like both guys just you know they're on a team that just is always losing, and they're just putting up big numbers for nothing. And so now you're finally seeing this team be like, okay, we need to decide: are we going to continue to try to build through the draft? again because I mean they're on the outside looking in still as far as the playoffs go or are we actually going to make a move to get a guy that can get us over the hump get us a 7-8 seed type of team and that's the decision they finally made and I this is a great piece I mean a guy like Vucevic is is such a valuable player on a team that can actually win and I think the Chicago team can actually win with him on it and with Orlando Vucevic was just the only guy you know like mm-hmm. no one else is really doing anything but now you have Zach Levine as your running mate that's actually a pretty deadly combination and the contract is so juicy I mean it's yeah. a 20 only 25 million a year until 2023 that is so friendly for a team's cap space for such a talented guy an all-star player that is hard to come by so giving up two first round picks and Wendell Carter Jr. and a rando like that—that that is a good deal in my mind. And, and Wendell Carter, um, like you noted here, he's—he's he's seen his minutes decline. He's actually mm-hmm. been losing out to, to like once Lori Markinen came back. Um, they were even starting Daniel Gafford over him for a little bit, and he wasn't really doing that much. And it was kind of sad to see because this is a talented guy. We—we—we we, we believe in him. We—he's a fan favorite of the podcast. But yeah. I mean, when you can get a guy like Vucevic, like you don't—you don't look twice. You. <laughs> you press accept on that trade instantly.
0: Yeah, I, I'm surprised at the magic. The more I look into it, to what Vucevic has actually been doing and, you know, the contract till 2023, oh, yeah. this is not like a rental or any of that stuff. Like, I'm surprised they couldn't get another guy added to, to the deal. Like, m- maybe Kobe White. Give us Kobe White, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, they actually ended up giving them Al Rukamino as well. Mm-hmm. Like the, the magic were the ones that added an extra piece, not the other way around. Which is yeah, that is crazy.
0: Yeah, it's I don't know. Good job to the Bulls for making this happen, yeah. and it, and it seems like they they got a they got a team who just just finally made that decision to just blow it all up. And you know they 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 came in at, they came into the storefront when it was when it was clear and sell, and they they walked away with a big win. You know, <laughs> honestly, you just, you, yeah,
1: they were the first just, they were first ones in line. I guess, yeah, like yeah, uh, if you're yeah. the f-
0: it's like yeah, it's like at the store when they have that big box where everything in there is clearance. <laughs> if you're the first yeah. one there, you're gonna get the best stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was not expecting the Bulls to be the winners. I didn't even know Vucevic was gonna get traded because it's like he is such a valuable contract and such a good player. I'm like, would the Magic really blow it up with Vucevic as part of the blow up? And, and yeah, I guess so. I guess no one was safe except for like I guess Markel Fultz. I guess Markel Fultz was like the only piece that was not tradable, and, and Jonathan Isaac. Which yeah, I don't really get that, but we we can talk about the magic a little bit later too. Um, yeah, the, yeah,
0: bizarre, bizarre. Mm-hmm. I got I got Dallas here, mini win. I think I call him a mini winner.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> J J Redick for uh, for guys that don't matter. So that I, I, that is a win.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean this team has desperately been missing Seth Curry. They mm-hmm. desperately miss miss him. Getting J.J. Reddick kind of a replacement for Seth Curry is pretty damn good. Hopefully, it's just another gun for for Luca to assist to.
1: Yeah, it's like, obviously, he's older. He's not as versatile as as Seth, and his contract is worse. So, it's like, oops, we made a mistake. This is the best we can do to fix it. But, (laughs) hey, I mean, you didn't have to give up much to do it. And Nicola Melli, he's actually a decent piece, too. I don't know if he's going to play. But he can shoot the three. He's he's a stretch four guy. I don't know. I, I think that's going to be an underrated piece if the Mavericks want to use him.
0: Yeah, it's just a, just another weapon uh, in the in the toolbox. Um, now we got to go down to the biggest losers mm-hmm. here. There and the first one, <laughs> it's got to be the Raptors. And more, not just because of the, the moves they made, but the lack of moves they made and just how they went to go about the whole day. I think the big thing that stands out to me, it's like, Kyle Lowry, we all know now, doesn't get moved. However, in the minutes leading up to the last minute of the deadline, they make two random trades to clearly clear <laughs> roster spots. Like, so it they literally set it up to make the move and then just don't make it. So, so now you're left with two open roster spots, but you kind of gave away kind of quality players, or at <laughs> For at least nothing. Yeah, for just nothing, it just makes. I have uh, no sense at all. And then there's the Norman Powell that we've mentioned is, you know, at times this guy was the leading scorer. not at some, some nights, you know, he, he was looking better than Pia- Pascal Siakam at, especially the first yeah. two months, Norman Powell looked like he was coming out as the leader. Uh, and then when OG and P- Siakam went down, Norman Powell just kept, kept it going. And you mm-hmm. really, you get no future assets for him. You get players, but players with no real upside, I would say.
1: Right. Oh, I mean Gary Trent, I'd argue has a little upside. Okay, but he's he's young too. But like I said before, he's just a a slightly younger, less talented Norman Powell that you're hoping becomes Norman Powell. Like yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't really <laughs> understand it, but yeah, like those moves seemed so obvious that they were going to trade Kyle Lowry. But I don't know what happened because obviously, like what was going on apparently was that the, they're in talks with the Lakers and with the Heat. And they weren't going to trade Lowry unless the Lakers included Taylor Horton Tucker or Miami included Tyler Harrow. And for the Lakers, I'm like, wait, really? Talon Horton Tucker's the reason this trade's getting held up? What are you doing? Just get rid of him. Like, yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. I guess it, they just weren't willing to part with him. And Like we mentioned before, Miami found a way that they didn't have to get rid of Harrow. So they're like, we just get Old Depot. <laughs> and so. That it just didn't happen. <laughs> it's just, just so bizarre. It's like, you see the Ter- Terrence Davis trade happen for a future second rounder. Okay, definitely Lowry. Matt Davis, or Matt Thomas to the Jazz for a future second rounder. All right, well, like, obviously, he's got to mm-hmm. go, right? And the whole thing happens, and just, yep, Kyle Lowry's still a Raptor. It's like, wow. I, I'm pretty disappointed, honestly, that the Lakers did not pull the trigger on If, if those rumors are true... Like, what do you think Talon Horton Tucker is going to become?
0: I don't know. I mean, I, th- I feel like he's a d- good player and there maybe there's a chance he becomes a decent player, but I think you got to pull the trigger and get Kyle Lowry. I really yeah. hope that's not the case that that ended up holding it back. Um, But I mean, something obviously happened here. I think part of me, too, is just Masai Ujiri, you know, made this move for Norman Powell, didn't really get the future assets. He wanted so he was going to try to milk as much as he could out of Kyle Lowry. And when it wasn't there, I think he just couldn't, couldn't face reality <laughs> that he was going to yeah. let go of two, you know, two of their three top players and not get any future assets in return other than just bodies. And I don't think he was willing to to, to accept that. So I think he, he preferred to just not pull the trigger. But on the Lakers side. I mean, just I would put THT. Oh I mean, we would have definitely yeah. we would definitely need Kyle Lowry, Lowry especially like, right now. d
1: man, you gotta you gotta match the Nets firepower. You gotta have someone that can guard Kyrie or James Harden. That's mm-hmm. that sure as heck isn't Schroeder. Schroeder's yeah. not guarding James Harden, but Kyle Lowry could.
0: Exactly. And it's also tough because now the Lakers, I think, are put in a tough situation where you got Schroeder as an unrestricted free agent this year and I mean, who knows, like maybe you could have gotten Kyle Lowry to a pretty value deal at, at 35 versus Schroeder. It's going to be a tough negotiation and we might just see Schroeder walk away and it will be tough to fill up that roster spot without the bird rights to another player. So <laughs> it's going to it's going to yeah. be a tough offseason to fill that point guard spot for the Lakers. So Rob Lincoln must feel pretty confident that he can make this team better, you know, via the buyout market, or he can you know, or maybe he's just procrastinating for what will inevitably be a really tough negotiation with Schroeder or a tough series of moves to try to fill that point guard spot next next year. And I think Kyle Lowry really would have fixed those headaches if the if the move was made.
1: Yeah. I do wonder too if the Lakers or and maybe the Heat also and maybe other teams around the league that didn't even throw their hat in the ring just don't believe that Kyle Lowry is good enough. Mm-hmm. And to be a half-season rental at, for the $30 million price tag that he carries as well, I mean, we we know he's a good player still. He, he's getting a little more injury-prone in, in his older age, but he can still ball at 35 yeah. years old. So, I don't know. Maybe just they weren't willing to take the risk on if it just doesn't work out. But it's like, man, if you're not trying to win a championship, like, what are you doing? You know, it's like you're just settling for second to the nets at this point. Like you have to make these big moves and uh, it's just a, it's a loss all around. Honestly, like the Raptors lose out on any value for Lowry. If he just wants to walk at the end of free agency and the lake Lakers don't get their all-star point guard, you know, it's, it's bad.
0: Yeah. I think it's just bad all around. Uh, I guess that's the, co- that's what a compromise is, right? Like if nobody come come walks out of the room, happy, uh, yeah. But in this in this instance, it was just like the complete inaction. And the Toronto Raptors, after today, were a team that could have potentially ran into the, played for the play-in tournament. They were right there on the cusp. And now I think they have just stapled themselves onto the wall to be an 11 seed. Like, they're not bad enough to go towards the bottom, but they're also not, and I don't think they're good enough to, to, to make this play-in tournament. Um, so congrats to the Pacers. You... By doing nothing, you have gotten better because <laughs> you, your, your biggest opponent there was the Raptors, and they made themselves yeah. worse. Hey, uh, and then
1: Karis LeVert's it, game the other day too. The Pacers are happy with that.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and Caris LeVert, big name there uh, for the Rockets to think about. But
1: uh, let's just let, let's
0: just talk through the Orlando Magic really quick. Another big, obviously a loser here. We mentioned already. Uh, again, kind of the same vein as the Raptors. You, you ship out Aaron Gordon, you get some decent players back, but no true future assets. And Vucevic again gets shipped out. You get Wendell Carter. That's a decent player and two first rounders, but you would have really hoped that as a result of totally tanking, you would get a little bit more back. Uh, and now you kind of not, we were kind of talking about this. Like, we're not sure what the heck they're going to throw out there now to close this season out with Markel Fultz injured. Uh, like, I don't know who who who, yeah. who the hell. I don't even Bamba, I guess. Who's left.
1: Yeah, Mo Bamba might actually get some playing time finally. But right. I mean, you have Wendell Carter Jr. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like that's the same position. I don't think you should play them both at the same time. Yeah, but yeah. It's like you got you got Michael Carter Williams. You got Terrence Ross whenever he's back healthy. You got Dwayne Bacon. Right uh, the, the illustrious Dwayne Bacon <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't know, I honestly don't even know what three spot they have. They don't have Fiokamino anymore uh James Ennis, yeah James Ennis is a player. I think that plays for Orlando. it's there's nothing left. This is a barren wasteland of players now, and man i I just don't know I, I, this is the worst team in the league now by far, by far. I don't even know if I've se- if those like old Charlotte Bobcats teams <laughs> like those thirteen win Charlotte. Bo- I don't think this team could beat that team in like a yeah. best of three. Like this is this is beyond bad. This is such a bad team. It, they it's might go, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could see them do something ridiculous, like only win like less than five games. They, the rest of the year, they might not
1: win <laughs> any games the rest of this year, which I think they'd be happy about. And this is this is actually a, another bad thing for Houston because mm-hmm. they need a top 4 pick. If right. they don't get a top 4 pick, they are screwed. So now you have to worry about Orlando, you have to worry about Detroit and Minnesota still. And then you then you're just crossing your fingers and hoping that one of these other lottery teams doesn't jump you. Cuz then you get right. pick 5 and now OKC is just having a fiesta. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it's so crazy. Like, this team is just so bad. And, again, like, because of the, the way they handle these trades, like, it just looks like you know, there is no light at the end of the tunnel other than maybe, like, two years from now. Like, two years from now, they'll collect enough bad picks to try to build themselves back up. Like, this yeah. might be a team that just throws things at, at the wall, uh, you know, just to get through 82 games.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's funny is that one of my... Uh, favorite fantasy basketball podcasters did a series where he did a Orlando Magic rebuild and he started this season by trading Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, and Evan Fournier away. Nice. So it, it's kind of funny that this is exactly what they did at the trade deadline. I, I think it had to happen. It it did. Mm-hmm. You wish you got more value out of it, but they weren't going anywhere and we knew that. This is always gonna be eight seater below no matter yeah,
0: what they're almost just too late with it i think this was something people were talking about two years ago uh right. even i mean even when bucevic signed the contract it was it just seemed like the most bizarre thing that he would actually go back uh, yeah. but you know it is what it is and now we'll see what the orlando magic can pull off two years from now we'll check up on them and, and see where they're <laughs> yeah, at yeah <laughs> i don't
1: yeah it might not even be worth checking on them next year
0: <laughs> yeah exactly and then another big loser. I love putting this name on here. Boston mm, Celtics yeah, for all the do. hype <laughs> they've been getting the last couple of years. Trade exception, <laughs> draft picks, this and that. Danny Ainge, the, whatever. <laughs> They're a loser, man. This, <laughs> this trade deadline was, I think Danny Ainge's last shot. I, I, oh, man, I'm going to be surprised bad. if he comes back next year. Like if we I find him, him being, yeah, like he just, just totally screwed up the last three to four years of assets that they've, Somehow accumulated um, like Evan Fournier for two two second rounders. Uh, that's who they use their trade exception. I mean, Evan Fournier is a nice player. Uh, it does add some value to the Boston Celtics. But for that to be the upgrade, like, man, this Boston Celtic team is not jumping the, jump, jumping the, the fence and going, you know, to uh, the second round. They're in the eighth seed right now. And all these other teams look better than them, except maybe the Knicks, like, I, the mean, the Knicks, in I mean, maybe the Knicks, and the Knicks, yeah, <laughs>
1: and the Hornets without LaMelo Ball are definitely worse than the Celtics, although they're actually on a two-game winning streak now also, <laughs> so yeah. maybe, maybe they are, the Miami, Miami's obviously improving, the Bulls got better, the Bulls might even be better than Boston at this point, I don't know, it, it's yeah. crazy when you have two All-Stars on your team, but you can't win games consistently, That just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you have two guys that are probably top 25 guys in the league, I would argue. I I think Jalen Brown makes top 25. And you bring in Evan Fournier. It's like you already had Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, freaking um, Marcus Smart. Like, this is just going to create a logjam at guard position. You didn't need more guards. You needed a big man. (laughs) Like, that's what you, you needed. Aaron Gordon.
0: And they shipped out Daniel Theis, too.
1: Yeah, to make room for, for Robert Williams, the third, yeah. to become the starting center. It's very exciting times for Boston Celtics fans.
0: Yeah, I think this is probably the more head scratching. Head scratcher is like, it's pretty clear what the weakness has been all year, and they didn't address it at the trade deadline, even though they had this trade exception. Uh, I mean, I gotta think some of those guys are wanted by other teams, and it just the moves were just not made. I'm not sure Drummond' asking price was too big. Mm-hmm. Maybe they never truly wanted Aaron Gordon. I don't know, but to get him only Evan Fournier, it's it's a surprise, a head scratcher. I got to put him in the loser category yeah, here. I don't
1: even like Evan Fournier as a player, honestly. I mean, we we've talked at length about the inconsistency that this guy brings night and night out. Mm-hmm. Like he he can get you 30 points. If you if you give him enough time to like you give him thirty five minutes a game he'll have games where he gets you thirty points, but a lot of times he'll have you points where or games where he gets like seven points you know he shoots like two of ten so yeah. it's like that's not gonna get you over any humps like this might marginally improve you because like, you didn't have to give up anything it's like right. it's better than playing like semi OJ or something like that but yeah you're not you're not gonna beat any of these top four teams in the west or in the east if with evan fournier as your big acquisition
0: agree 100 percent. i think the biggest loser here though the pin you know the little pin on the the, biggest okay it's the biggest one here (laughs) houston rockets oh god oh and and they're the biggest loser not because you know what they did today but just the accumulation of the whole year this is the biggest some some the biggest summary we can do here. Rockets trade James Harden. This is what they've got him back now at this point. Every Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, Dante Exum, uh, Runius Kru- Krukus, Uh one late first rounder and a pick swap. Uh, <laughs> no, they got a lot
1: of late first rounders. <laughs> Give them yeah. some credit. They have like okay. the Nets next like every other year's first round pick. <laughs> okay, For, like six years.
0: We'll do that. Late first round picks. Uh, Obviously, we know this year their their pick is top four protected. So they got a tank to be able to keep that. Uh, You know, it just it just seems so bizarre again, because it seemed like at one point they had they could have chosen Carice Levert over Odalipo. They went with Odalipo and now he's gone and not much came back from him. And now you're you're left with a team that might not be the worst team in the league. Uh, but uh, you know at least you get you have Christian Wood and John Wall but right gosh <laughs>
1: well, yeah, so they're much not the potential worst team in the league but yeah when you lose James Harden and all you get is basically four draft picks that probably won't amount to anything meaningful until like 2027 when the nets maybe suck mm-hmm. at that point it's like you lost everything like you have to start yeah. from from scratch you're basically, you're no better off than the Orlando Magic like, look at what the Pelicans got for Anthony Davis, who's not even right. as good as James Harden. They got a, a all-star player in Brandon Ingram, a great role player in Lonzo, great role player in Josh Hart, and they still have three first-round picks after that. Like, that is a haul you get for a Hall of Fame player. They got worked so hard. You have to blame the general management. Mm-hmm. this it's all daryl more where would daryl morey have gotten for james hart <laughs> oh man this is just embarrassing i don't know how this gm can keep his job after this this is just a complete mess I, you're right they are the biggest losers and this Odolipo trade amounted to nothing they got nothing for him
0: yeah i might i'm gonna say something maybe you agree with it or not i almost want to say none of these players are even close to the value of josh hart
1: I hmm. I give Olinick a Josh Hart nod. You give him a Josh Hart nod? I give him a Josh Hart nod. None of them are better than Monzo. Yeah, none. None. Well, two of them aren't even... <laughs> Dante Exum, Rodians, Kuroks. They're just like filler players. Right. They get better players in the G League. You know, like, why mm-hmm. are they even part of this? Like, Avery Bradley... I haven't seen him hit the floor since 2018. I feel like I don't get it, man. I really don't. I don't know how you could get so fleeced for Otolipo. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a good player. This is a great player. He can be better than he is, but I don't know. Maybe the, the, how he's been playing lately hurt his value a lot. I just, I don't know, man. It's, it's a head scratcher for sure. Like, yeah. I feel like we, I feel like we could get a better deal. For James Harden than the Rockets did
0: yeah Put give me the most the highest difficulty just, I mean, think, the smartest yeah. AI on NBA 2K and I could get a better deal
1: And <laughs> I think this is also a lesson to not be petty because yeah. if they weren't petty and traded Harden to the Sixers they'd have Ben Simmons right now sure and I don't care what else Ben Simmons is better than every single one of these things on this list combined <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no you totally are right they held they try to make it work and they got obviously james harden had his public his public showing of dismay for where he was and that put him on the ropes and teams yeah. knew that and that's just the name of the game right everybody's trying but, to get
1: like the pelicans knew anthony davis was out that didn't stop mm-hmm. them from getting a big package for him yeah <laughs> it's just complete yep. mismanagement
0: yeah, two Rockets by far. Well, not, maybe not by far, but biggest losers. And uh, the Raptors are a close second there. Yeah, they I'd are say. very much a close second. <laughs> I mean, I
1: feel like Orlando is a close third even. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like all these are t- oh so bad. So bad.
0: Yeah. Well, here are some other traits, Sean, that may or may not be a big <laughs> deal, depending on how you look yeah. at them. One of them is sure. Oklahoma City getting more draft picks. Uh, they send out George Hill. In a weird conjoluting (laughs) trade where the Sixers get George Hill, the Knicks gets Terrence Ferguson, OKC gets Tony Bradley, Austin Rivers, and two second rounders. With those two second rounders, (laughs) they now have 34 picks in the next seven years. Look at that. My God, that's almost three three full NBA rosters just in picks alone.
1: I am very anxious (laughs) to see what the hell they do with all these picks. It, it's honestly an addiction for Sam Presti at this point. It's kind of <laughs> concerning. I think someone needs to get him some help because mm-hmm. someone needs to tell him that you can't just have all these draft picks. Like you can't yeah. have five second round draft picks in 2027. Like that's not how you build a roster. Yeah. Like you can't play all these players. You gotta trade them. You have to trade these picks. What do you like? I don't know what he's waiting for. I, I don't think he knows what he's waiting for. I hope he knows what he's waiting for because it's just That'll, ridiculous. There will be a desperate
0: team in the next coming years. There always are. Uh, Washington Wizards, possibly. We'll see.
1: I mean, you have to trade it for an all-star, right? Like that's yeah. how it works. Like you got to have to trade four of these picks at a time. You, you can get two all-stars by trading away four, four, five of these picks at once to them. And that's just how it works. Like, I, I guess they're just waiting for the right guy to to show up. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's is absurd, man. It, I don't even know like who's gonna want to go to OKC. I guess is the uh, the mentality. So you have to get it through the draft. And mm-hmm. Sam Presti's known for drafting pretty well. So I guess the more the more chances you give him at a, a in a shot in a deep draft, the the better. But this is just too much. <laughs> it's, right. It's <laughs>
0: We'll see how it goes. Is George will help
1: the Sixers? Real quick.
0: He's hurt right now.
1: Oh, <laughs> <So geez>. no! <laughs> I thought they just weren't playing him.
0: <laughs> no, he's actually hurt. Uh, Why did I think they he, get him? <laughs> I think it's just pl- maybe playoffs. Uh, okay. Honestly, like I think maybe maybe one two games in the playoffs, he could be big. It's a nice backup, but. I mean, first you got to get him healthy. Hopefully, in the next yeah. coming weeks, they can get him healthy enough and to try to work him into the rotation somehow.
1: Yeah. Hey, if OKC is trying to tank hard, though, getting Austin Rivers is a big deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, they they Austin Rivers is going to be the oldest guy on that. Well, uh, they're still all Harford, <laughs> Al Horford, but, yeah. Yeah, I forgot he's still him. on the roster, but Austin Rivers might just be the second oldest guy on that roster now, oh and God. among all those. The OKC is like an, a college team right now. With people they the, the they're dude. throwing yeah, out there. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Shea's out with his planner. Like, I don't even... Like, Lou Thorntz, the, the, the commander of the team now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Curious yeah, on this one. Clippers getting Rondo for Lou Williams. Two second rounders in cash. I was pretty surprised by this it's trade. It's a pretty high
1: asking price that we, yeah. we met. And, and, I mean, we it, we were kind of desperate. I think that's the thing. We needed a point guard. Pat Beverly, I don't even know where the hell that yeah. guy is. We we're rolling with Terrence Mann, and he does okay sometimes, but there's just no one there to really take charge and be a leader. And Pat Beverly is the guy, like the energy guy. Without him, we've kind of been lost. So bringing Rajon Rondo, a veteran leader, championship winner, like that's what we need on our team. Lou Williams has been great, but he's not what we need right now, and he's in the twilight of his career. I. I think we did him a favor by trading him to Atlanta because <laughs> he loves Atlanta. So honestly, I think this worked out great for both sides. <laughs> I, I'm I'm happy to have Rondo. I don't, we don't need the second rounders. We don't, we don't need Lou. Unfortunately that we, I appreciate him. I appreciate you, Lou. Thank you, Lou Williams. You've got us through a pretty rough time.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you really look at Lou Williams this whole year, he's been a no-show. Like his he's taken a full step, a couple steps back this year seems like he could only play well when Paul George and Kawhi weren't there uh, yeah. for whatever well, that's, reason. That's
1: when he thrived for us was when we we got rid of Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan weren't there. Lou Williams came in and he balled for us and he kept us relevant and made the Clippers a really cool team to root for. Uh, but now, I mean, yeah, it's just, he's the last remnant really of that rebuild. Because mm-hmm. I don't think, you look up and down the roster, I don't think, outside of Pat Beverly, there's not a single player on this team, that's really like a remnant of that Tobias Harris, Lou Williams team. It's it's yeah. completely new. They're so, all.
0: Andrew Shamit was on there, and he's gone too. Yep, Shamit's
1: yeah. gone. Shea's gone. Gallinari's gone. Obviously, Montrez Harrell's gone. Lou Williams was kind of that last remnant outside of Patrick Beverly. So it, it it's a whole new team, and yeah, this this just kind of seals the deal. I, I, I like it. I want to see some playoff Rondo. Yeah,
0: that's that's the the <laughs> that's thing. All, there. That's all
1: we need him to do. That that makes it all worth it. We don't need cash. We don't need second rounders. We just need playoff Rondo.
0: Yeah, you just you got to get him healthy. He's uh, he's yeah. been in and out of the lineup, so hopefully he can stick something together for you guys. But the <laughs> quick funny point here is Lou Williams <laughs> going to Atlanta. That's where the fa- infamous wing slash strip club was (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah
1: exactly no he's gonna love it there man things are starting to open up again i think i think he's honestly pretty happy with it
0: yeah i I, it seemed like for whatever reason la just was not working out for either sides uh lou or the clippers but um, the kings man do the Kings yeah. have something hidden up their sleeve, or what's going he on?
1: Thought so, but it <laughs> just ended up being a bunch of random moves. <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: I was definitely being sarcastic, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> here we go: Terrence Davis, Delon Wright for Corey Joseph, two second rounders. They trade a, they trade a, they get Chris Silva, Mo Harkless for Amiha Belich, Belichuk, whatever how you say his name. Um, I don't know, man. But
1: random. I mean, Delon Wright's a good player. Yeah, but way better than Corey Joseph. So at least that's an upgrade. Uh, Terrence Davis for nothing. Like, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and I don't know about this. Bielitsa trade for Chris Silva and Moe Harkless. That That's the most random one for me. I don't get that at all. Like, who does that help? And who does that hurt? Uh, it's just like the most nothing move ever. It, it's yeah. funny because the Kings are in such a weird spot right now where it's like they've actually been on a little bit of a winning streak here. Uh, they just got a pretty big win tonight against the Warriors, where they're only two games behind them now for that 10th seed. And they're, they're on a little three-game winning streak, and they're like, hey, maybe we can make the playoffs? So we make some <laughs> of these weird moves to upgrade our roster slightly. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I it, It's interesting. I, I guess they're kind of good yeah moves, but I, I don't know it's it like, seems like they could o- won, Right?
0: yeah seems like they could only operate in streaks they're either losing a bunch of games or winning a bunch of games Most, but yeah
1: mostly losing a bunch yeah, yeah. mostly <laughs>
0: losing but yeah there are two games behind that last spot in the tournament so maybe that's what they go for uh with the series of random moves that they've done uh then you got the Warriors. Brand Wanamaker to the Hornets. They get Marquis Chris. They send Marquis Chris to the Spurs for cash. Uh Those random moves luxury indeed. Luxury tax moves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the most random trade here, Sean. You you put this one here, and you. <laughs> this you is gave. the most
1: random trade of a lot of players that really doesn't do anything for anybody. <laughs> like as much as that Kings one with the Heat was weird, this is like double that. So. They had this three-team trade between Boston, Cleveland, and Washington where the Wizards get, I don't know, tell me how many names you recognize out of this list of guys that I'm about to spill out. <laughs> the Wizards get Chandler Hutchinson and Daniel Gafford. The Celtics get Mo Wagner and Luke Cornett. And the Bulls get Daniel Tice, Javante Green, Troy Brown, and some cash.
0: I know, Mo Wagner yeah. And Daniel Tice. Yeah, former yeah. Lakers. <laughs> Daniel Tice. <laughs>
1: And I actually know Troy Brown too. He he had a pretty decent year for Washington in his rookie year, and then they stopped playing him for some reason. Um, yeah, and now he's irrelevant, just like the rest of the guys on this list.
0: <laughs> the boy Mo Wagner though just keeps getting tossed around the league, and he's only in his third year. <laughs> <It's kinda sad. laughs> he just
1: doesn't get an opportunity with Washington. He'd start for them, but only play mm-hmm. like ten minutes, <laughs> and then he just gets benched out of nowhere. I was like, what are they doing? Give <laughs> playing this guy Alex up. Len. It's like Alex Len in his position and Robin Lopez.
0: Yeah. Let this guy set his roots somewhere. I think yeah. he can be a decent player, but
1: I don't well, even know why they like who thought of this trade? Who called up who? And was like, <laughs> "Hey, I I want Chandler Hutchinson. What do you want for Chandler Hutchinson?" It's like, "Oh, well we want Javonta Green." <laughs> it's like oh well, that's just not gonna work <laughs> we gotta gotta add some stuff here and then it came, turned into this weird mess of nobodies
0: <laughs> yeah I don't even know how this how you put this together I guess you gotta have done it maybe through a eight, yeah, 18 just, game whole just, <laughs> game of golf or something I just
1: wanna know how this started like who wanted who for what <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense
0: yeah who knows? Well, we'll see it one day in a book somewhere. I guess maybe it's somebody's I don't think book, so. we will. This <laughs> somebody's the, memoir. This is
1: the biggest mention of in any media. No one's going to report on this except for us.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, some notable guys that didn't get traded: Lonzo. Lonzo for sure. I think is obviously Kyle know. Lowry is big is the biggest one, but we already talked yeah. enough about that. Lonzo Ball not getting moved. I mean. Now we're getting. I guess the Pelicans want him, and now they're ready to go into free agency and get a deal done with him. I don't know. It just it's yeah. kind of confusing where this it's is like, going.
1: Yeah, I I feel like Lonzo can be a good piece for this team. I feel like Bledsoe is more of the problem than Lonzo. They right. want to sign Lonzo to a long term deal. I think that's great. I mean, he's been playing fantastic. His three point shooting has been spectacular this year. So, uh, yeah, I think th- unless they were going to get a huge haul for him, then, I, yeah, I don't think that they were that, actually that interested in trading him. I think it was mostly media buzz.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, what we do know is obviously the, Pel- the Pelicans offered him a contract earlier this year. He rejected it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I guess the Pelicans are thinking they're going to try to give him what he wants. Yeah, uh, in, rest- or in as they head into restricted free agency, that I guess the thinking was there. Like if he didn't, if he rejected the first deal, then, then if the Pelicans are not going to come back, give him what he wants and you might as well trade him for something. So now I guess Pelicans are want to keep Lonzo and you're right. He has yeah. been having, he has been having some good. He, I mean, he didn't look very good at the start, but the last month he, he had a very solid February and he's been having a pretty good March as well.
1: Yeah, no, I think he has a lot of room to improve too. I mean, he's still a young guy, and let's mm-hmm. not forget this—he's still on his rookie deal. He's still in his early twenties. This this guy can really improve. We don't—I don't feel like we give a lot of these guys enough time to evolve and to grow in the league. And I think Lonzo could really be one of those late bloomers that be, like becomes a really star player in his mid twenties.
0: Yeah, year seven type guy like a Julius Randle or yeah, Tobias exactly. Harris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got other names here. I mean, I don't think these were prettiest. I mean, the Pacers didn't make a move. We kind of thought they would. John Collins was getting a lot of buzz. Uh, the Harrison Barnes for Sean Holmes. Kings duo. Yeah, well, yeah,
1: but I think that a lot of people thought the Kings were going to be sellers, and they ended up being yeah. buyers for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Harrison Barnes was one of those rumors. They go to the Celtics, which is why right. I put them on this list. They, not, not, that would have been a much better use of their trade exception. Um, mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't available or what. Now John Collins was, was floated around a lot because he wasn't really getting the minutes he wanted and, and he's on the last time, last, uh, year of his rookie deal. So they're thinking, maybe the Hawks thinking where they weren't, weren't going to get him back. So they might as well get some trade value for him. Miles Turner was mentioned, but I, I feel like they were more inclined to keep Turner because he's been having a breakout year and Malcolm Brogdon. I don't really know why they want to trade Brogdon, but I heard the rumor out there, but I'm, I'm glad they didn't. Because I like Brogdon on this team, I like Turner on this team. So yeah, I mean, I would love to see some more moves happen, but you know, sometimes I, I feel like a lot of these moves are very close to happening every year, but they don't. And that's just kind yeah. of how it is.
0: Yeah, I don't think the the pressure was there to move these guys quite like you know lo, lo, I feel like Lonzo maybe might have had some pressure, or the Pelicans might have felt a little bit of a pressure yeah. to to decide whether to move him or or stick with him and. They stuck with him. You know, obviously some of the other guys that did have that pressure as well did end up getting moved. Aaron Gordon. Uh Kyle Lowry didn't get moved, but he was the one right. who was also feeling that pressure. Uh yeah, but
1: Oladipo, Oladipo yeah.
0: Yeah, Oladipo But that closes it up for the tread deadline. I mean it was wow. a lot of
1: stuff, man.
0: <laughs> it was it was a lot of mood a lot of movement, and we'll see what how that affects the second half. But For now, hot teams right now on a hot streak. The Milwaukee Bucks, eight-game winning streak. Drew Holiday is back. Uh, This team is looking formidable as we head into the final month, final stretch here of the regular season. Were you impressed with the Milwaukee Bucks, Sean?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the Milwaukee Bucks that we're used to seeing in the regular season. In the last Mm -hmm. two years, they've just been blowing people out. And we're finally... Seeing them get back to that now that Drew Holiday is back in the lineup, averaging 16 points, four rebounds, 4.7 assists, and 1.6 steals in the month of March, and they're not that impressive of numbers. But I mean, when you've got guys like Middleton and Giannis as your first and second options, yeah, that's pretty good. So he's just doing what he needs to do, and we're still going to see if he can get to that next level in the playoffs. This is what we expect to see from Drew Holiday, and he just continues to get back into game shape. Uh, the Bucks are Bucks are rolling. They're they put themselves back in the conversation as it's a big three in the East, not not just the the Nets and the Sixers.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then on the Western Conference, we got the L. A. Clippers four game winning streak, winning five of the last six. The Clippers jumping the Lakers now, yeah. taking that <laughs> yeah, they, third seed.
1: I know. As yeah, they of jumped today. Them, I think I think two weeks ago we had the Clippers as a sinking team. Uh, right, <laughs> they were very inconsistent, but now yeah, they they've been winning games. The defense has been the big story for them. I mean, if you just look at the box scores, um, three of those games they only allowed uh, under 100 points, and over the last six games, on average, they've given up a little under 100 points a game. Which I mean, this NBA is, is very impressive, and you have a few of those games without Kawhi Leonard even too, and they had that really crazy win against the Hawks. I'm um, going we'll t- talk about a little bit later with one of my. Um, not so favorite players, but he had a, quite a heck of a game that, to get into our best performances of the week later. Later on, as a little spoiler,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the Clippers have looked good, and they're rolling right at the perfect time of the year. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, get-
1: yeah. The defense is what we expect from the Clippers, right? I mean, between mm-hmm. Paul George and Kawhi, Serge Ibaka, Batum, like this, this is a defensively built team. So for them to finally kind of live up to that reputation is is very encouraging to see.
0: Yeah, they got a new floor general coming in, too, in Rondo.
1: Yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah. On the other side, though, we got sinking teams. The Miami Heat, five-game losing streak. I mean, it is what it is, but obviously this is a team that's reloading with some new assets. Uh, They didn't have Jimmy Butler tonight. Bam Adebayo really carried that team, and they almost got that win against Portland, but ended up going down. But five-game losing streak for this team that's probably going to be on the upswing after these new acquisitions, you know. Probably wouldn't be sweating it too much.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Miami was one of those teams you asked about, like pa- the panic button a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Like, do they need to hit the panic button? I said no, and I still stand by that. But this losing streak is pretty bad. You know, like we're we're getting to a point in the season where you can't afford a lot of these losses, especially with so many teams so closely cluttered together in the East. I the Miami Heat need to get that four seed because that's where they should be. Like, they, they should not be behind the Lamelloless Hornets. They should not be behind – who else is ahead of them? The Bulls the are ahead of them. The Knicks. Uh, yeah, they should not be behind the Knicks. They should not be behind the Hawks. So, I mean, they have to turn it around. I still think they will. I still see a big win streak in their future. Like, once they get Otolipo in there, once Jimmy Butler can stay on the floor – I see this team going on like a ten game winning streak at some point. Like in, in this last thirty games of the season, I, they're for, they're fully capable of it. I just they just need to be healthy.
0: Yeah, I agree. On the other one that I would be sweating a little bit is the Lakers four game losing streak. LeBron James out potentially for another four to six weeks. Anthony Davis, there's still like no firm timeline <laughs> on when he's coming back. Obviously, the Kyle Lowry trade does not happen. No big move is has been made. There's optimism that Andre Drummond might be signed, mm-hmm. but until then, the Lakers right now are they're essentially a team that's built around two stars. And when those two stars are not there, they're just like a it's they're disastrous. just like yeah, <laughs> it's just a bunch of random pieces that don't really fit very well. <laughs> no true playmaker out on the floor. Kyle Kuzma's doing his best, and Montrez Harrell, but. Man, the Lakers are are going to rough it for the next couple <laughs> weeks here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean we saw this coming. I Yeah, you don't ever expect the Lakers to win without LeBron or AD. It has been encouraging to see Kyle Kuzma step up though in mm-hmm. the absence of these two. I mean, he's his usage rate's got up exponentially, but some with some guys it's like they, they play more minutes they get more usage and they they don't produce as efficiently and Kyle Kuzma has actually been playing pretty well so it's cool to see that but at the same time that's not helping them win games so yeah they they need AD to come back to at least try to right the ship a little bit or else I mean, Denver and Portland are, are nipping at the heels there
0: yeah and they almost got a gutsy win over the well they were in it for with yeah, the yeah, 76ers
1: digits, yeah <laughs>
0: yeah I wouldn't say they almost got the gutsy win I think I'm gonna take that back but at least they didn't get blown out so right that's a sign of optimism i i, no, I would take that Which has happened
1: multiple times on this losing streak
0: exactly exactly uh best performance of the week Deshaun Tate Tate Sean Tate 40 minutes 8 for 9 22 points 2 steals, 0 turnovers uh in the Houston Rockets <laughs> first win <laughs> in over a month against the Raptors yeah, that was a gutsy win. I saw that game. Tate was awesome. And they needed every little bit that they could from any of the random pieces that are around John Wall and Christian Wood right <laughs> yeah, now.
1: Yeah, in the same game. I think John Wall shot like eight for 30. Yeah. <laughs> but still got a triple double. But yeah, Tate, Tate is really the MVP of that game. I mean, super efficient, didn't really make any mistakes. And for a rookie to play like this is, is always impressive. And, yeah, I mean, to snap a 20-game winning losing streak, that's that's got to feel really good. I'm sure Steven Silas sent him a thank-you card after the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they won in convincing fashion, too, because of a performance like this. So I mean, I, this rookie, he, he could have some promise, man, given the, given the opportunities. He's a young guy. we got to remember, like, this he's been putting up some good performances this year.
0: Yeah, and the team totally got hot from three there. and I'm sure they felt like they won an NBA title just by getting this win. <laughs> Honestly, though, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but then we got Luke Kennard, 18 minutes, didn't miss a single game, eight for eight, four for four from three, uh, 20 points, seven and four. Uh, man, dude dude was balling.
1: Yeah, didn't miss a single shot, plus 30, plus minus stat. We were down, I think, like, 22 points midway through the third quarter. And Luke Kennard, I think, played all of, like, a few minutes in the first half, like, per usual. And I, I have him at a loss for words at this <laughs> performance. He did all this in 18 minutes. This is just unreal. Like, <laughs> I don't even understand how this happened. Like, he just went nuclear. This is a ridiculous stat line, 27-4. and 4 plus 30 and he and one of those shots was a half court heave at the end of the third quarter i don't know if you saw that but i did not see it, this yeah, the game clock was winding down he got the rebound he was dribbling the ball up he sidestepped the defender at half court and then launched it and it went in it was <laughs> um, and, it, and it cut the lead down to eight before the end of the quarter and i was i was just in shock I, I was like this is unbelievable and then he kept Wait. he kept going
0: so did the Clippers win this game?
1: Yeah, they won this game.
0: They must they they win it as a result of Luke Kennard. It sounds yes, like Yes, you no.
1: Know, Luke Kennard and and Terrence Mann led the charge. <laughs> like Paul George was playing crap, as were the rest of the starters. But yeah, we were down twenty two points when Luke Kennard came in, and we won the game because of I him. Mean, he's a plus thirty.
0: <laughs> Have you changed well, your the- mind on the on the contract, for Luke Kennard contract?
1: He's going to have to have a few more of those to earn that $64 million. <laughs> I mean, he maybe he earned, like, part of one year. Like, the flash is there. Like, he can ball. But, like, if he could do it more consistently, he'd get more minutes, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's we'll just see. one of
1: those, like, just out-of-nowhere performances. Incredible.
0: Yeah. To go 8-for-8, eight 4-for-4 eight, four four from three... That's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah. Twenty points, and this
1: this was in the midst of the Hawks being on an eight game winning streak too, and they were about to crush us. <laughs> and Luke Kennard just said, no.
0: <laughs> Devil took over for Luke Kennard. That was not Unreal. Luke Kennard out there. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: that was that was that was uh, LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, the other side, worst performance of the week. My least favorite player in the world, mm. Eric Bledsoe. There, three <laughs> minutes, one for eight. Two points, four rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, but they beat the Lakers. I don't know, like Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> Not because how, of
1: Bledsoe. <laughs> yeah,
0: how did you just have a How do you have an just a below average game against a below average team? Still, how do you score two know.
1: points in thirty three minutes?
0: Yeah, one for and eight. How, how does, does he still get thirty? Why yeah. is he still starting? <laughs> no like, idea.
1: Is he your least favorite player in the entire league?
0: He is my least favorite player, and because. <laughs> I just don't understand like he still got eight shot attempts like why <laughs> didn't he go <laughs> yeah why did not he go 1 for 4 give those four shot attempts to Zion, Zion like I don't yeah. understand how Zion finishes not being the the you know leading the team in shots taken like why is he always like second or third it's in Brandon shots Ingram taken Brandon
1: thinks that he's the best player on the on those Pelicans
0: I, This Pelicans team just It just irks me for that reason. And Eric Bledsoe is one of those big pieces of why.
1: Yeah, they they need to get rid of Bledsoe. They should have done it at the trade deadline.
0: I don't think people want him.
1: (laughs) No, they need to, like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, put him in the starting lineup and give him these minutes. They would definitely be a better record than they are now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, On the other side, we got Wesley Matthews. Man, we need whatever we can, even if it's Wesley Matthews. (laughs) But 0 for 5, you know, 0.11 in the loss against the Phoenix Suns. What a bugger. What a booger. What a
1: bugger. <laughs> yeah. Played in the starting lineup, too. And then yeah. and then uh, Frank Vogel quickly <laughs> erased that decision. Oh, man. He's just, he's digging, you know? You can't really blame him. But yeah, Wes Matthews, he is not the same player that was a starter for the Bucks a few years ago.
0: No, he's not. But the Lakers just need—we just need to throw things at the wall at this point. And if somebody's sticking to the wall that night, we roll with them. Wesley Matthews is not. (laughs) No, he
1: he flopped to the ground immediately.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, of course, performance there. Uh, Anyways, final thoughts here to close the close the podcast up. We all know the Woj bomb. Mm -hmm. You know, you do not watch the NBA and are not in touch with the Woj bomb. Well, here's a breakdown of how I went down today. Woj is the GOAT, we know that, and at some point he was threatened by Shams, but today the scoreboard, 11 trade deadline stories broken by Woj, Shams, 6, all reporters combined, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, Yahoo Sports, whatever, 0. There's nothing more impressive than Woj just continuing to dominate this this day and just nba breaking stories Sham at one point looked like he was closing in but today or at least for today woosh can keep his title
1: yeah i mean he's gonna keep his title man it's, it's woosh <laughs> man shams shams is a nice guy i think i think no one no one has anything against shams he is a great reporter obviously i mean he's contending with woosh yeah I mean, he's still able to get a few of those in before him mm-hmm. but yeah woosh he's just unreplaceable man this guy is the goat (laughs) yeah how many many cell phones do you think this guy has like how many (laughs) battery packs do you think this guy carries around with him it's like i just don't understand how you can just be so on top of all this stuff
0: i have no idea that that's a good question though maybe uh maybe we need a a twitter we need a a
1: documentary on Woj and how he does what he does
0: (laughs) that's a great idea netflix (laughs) make this happen <laughs> espn 30 for 30 love that.
1: yes yeah yeah i mean we've seen enough player ones we need we need a reporter one <laughs>
0: yeah exactly well thanks everybody for tuning in uh don't forget to check us out and subscribe and tune in week in and week out thanks everybody
1: yes sir have a good week everyone